probably in a normal dating relationship wouldn't talk about my vagina until it was present in the room. <laughs> until she was exposed to yeah. you. Until you are face to face. Hi, I'm Dahlia. I'm not your therapist, but I am a dating coach, a matchmaker, and your new best friend when your real best friend just doesn't want to listen to you anymore. So let's have it. If you have questions, please feel free to send them to Not Your Therapist Podcast on Instagram or Not Your Therapist Podcast at gmail.com. Same goes for being a guest on the show or a private coaching client of mine. Um, and you may also gift your friends because probably a lot of them need it. Probably a lot of people need it. Anyways, highly recommend myself. Just kidding. Okay, Not Your Therapist Podcast at gmail.com. Now we are going to go with this question from Instagram. It is Should I always say yes to being set up? I have in the past, and they've all been lackluster experiences. How can I better navigate being set up? I'm going to say, yes, you should always say yes. And no, you should not start telling yourself a story. You know how much I love that, that she's probably been on. I didn't ask, but I'm guessing three, four, five bad setups. And yeah, it feels like a lot. And yeah, it starts to feel like, wow, every time I get set up, it's bad. But that's just our brains wanting to make sense of something that is pretty random and doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I met Matt on a setup. I had been on, I can't even count how many setups before then that didn't go anywhere, didn't turn into me dating the person, weren't complete disasters, but weren't anything to write home about, did not want to go on a second date, still said yes to Matt because I say yes to everything. And, you know, I think if it's things like my friend set me up with someone who had completely opposite political views or was a horrible person or treated me really badly, okay, that's one thing. But for the most part, your friends and family members are not going to set you up with someone that they know would not be a good fit. I'm always encouraging friends and family, just set set your single friends up with every single person you know. Don't worry about whether it's a match or not, because at the end of the day, we can't predict chemistry. We don't know who's going to be a good match. Plenty of couples, if you look at them on paper, are not a good match. So you're doing yourself a disservice when you say no. And as we also know, my philosophy Every experience is a good experience. You learn something from every single experience. That person might be your friend. That person might set you up with their friend. It might be a funny story. You might learn a new bar or a restaurant that you like. You might learn a story you like. It doesn't matter. It's worth having the experience and also for you to practice dating because dating is a skill. And the more we say no because of this and no because of that, the more we're going to say no. So keep saying yes also because you want your friends to keep setting you up. The first person they set you up with might not be a match. The next person might be, but if you're like, no, no, I don't do setups, then guess what? You're never going to find out. So I say yes, resist the storytelling as much as possible of every time I've been on a setup, it doesn't work, so I'm going to stop going on setups. Most dates don't work. You're not going to stop going on dates. Most relationships don't end in marriage. You're not going to stop having relationships. So go for it. Say yes, yes, yes. Have the experience. If it's a friend who happens to keep setting you up with someone that just is completely opposed to something about you. You could tell that friend like, you know, that doesn't work that well. But even then I'm like, no, go have an experience. Learn about another human being. There's nothing wrong with some connection, whether it's for a night, a month, a year or a lifetime, whatever that means. And just say yes and have the experience. And that is my answer. Hi, Susie. Hi. Uh, you 
Thanks for being here. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to see your face. I'm so excited to see you. It has been quite a while. Just so everybody knows, I'm talking to Susie Dunn. She's a wonderful, magnificent lady. We've been friends for many years, but I have to say the last year was a bit of a lost year. So many people that I used to be friends with, I haven't talked to in a long time. You being one of them. Yeah. Uh, Susie... We met working at a restaurant together, but also through friends. It was one of those, like, we knew each other multiple ways. Yeah. I think officially it was at, yeah, at that restaurant. Yeah, at that restaurant. And um, I've always enjoyed following your life and your your various projects and artistic endeavors and missions. And Susie's very politically active and you've had a lot of fun boyfriend stories, which are my favorite thing, obviously. Um, Susie was a cocktail server slash everything woman at probably the bar that I've had the most random hookups in all of Los Angeles. Same. I mean, same. <laughs> a wonderful bar for single people. Um, we can call it out. Melrose Umbrella Company. Love you, Melrose. Love is my it still, how's, I got like a cocktail kit from them at the beginning Everybody should. Yeah. You can go, you can get single serve cocktail. Not everything, but like some, you know, they have some stuff. Um, They have beer and wine to go. They were, they were doing patio seating, but they probably are not right now. They were like only doing like, they only had like two little two seaters out Mm. on the sidewalk. I mean, it's honestly like the best place if you live in Los Angeles for a first date. Like I went on many Bumble dates, many. I have served so many people in my life, my life on first dates. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's Mo- interesting. Mo- yeah. And uh, it's also a great place like for just going there, meeting someone and taking them home. That is yeah. what I used to do all the time. Same. I, it's also a great place for working there and meeting someone and taking I'm them sure. home. I'm sure. Did yeah. you just get hit? I mean, you just got hit on. Oh, yeah. All the time. Oh, oh. All the time. <laughs> It was, it, oh, it was lovely. Yes. Yeah. yeah. What a beautiful, joyous, youthful time. It's, it was also is like a bartender's bar, which also is kind of why you, you like, you know, you were in industry and in restaurant yeah. industry. So like there were so many like bartenders or servers or hosts that would come in as well. So like that was you know, the dating pool there as well. Yeah. yeah. It was just a real neighborhood spot. It was just it a is. guaranteed yeah. good time. Like you're not going to go there and not make out with someone. Yeah. I mean, I've just never not. been there and not run into someone I know. Like, yeah, never. And in Los Angeles, that's no small thing like that. Yeah. It really feels very neighborhood. So I look forward to the day that it comes back and all the single Thanks. people can go there and enjoy the fruits of you the really Melrose Umbrella. Do. They actually, this is kind of funny. I feel like they would love for me to say this. Uh, They, when they were, when things were a little bit chiller and places were open, uh, they were considering possibly opening like the back again because it's outside. Mm -hmm. They were like talking about it, but they, one of the main reasons that they didn't open that again is because they knew that everybody touches each other and kisses each other and like hugs. And they were just like, we can't handle that culture right now. Yeah, like we can't yeah. be in charge of telling like Mm-mm. it's too, so it they not work. Like the, the juju there is just, you are not going to keep people off of each no, other's faces. You can't. It's you not can't. possible. <laughs> so they what did a beautiful, it. 
beautiful place. Really it's beautiful. Great. What was it like as a server? And we'll get to you in a second, but as a server to see, I'm sure a lot of people on first online dates. Yeah. Um, I saw first dates all the time. We would, you know, we would always, of course, be like, that's a first date for sure. Like as, as the staff, you know, and we would be like, we did, um, we did this cute thing called a moose booze where we would like bring, we would make like a punch for the week and mm-hmm. we would bring everyone a little taste test of the amuse booze. And that was always fun for first dates because it kind of gave them like a thing to like talk about and yeah. like experience together. Um, so I loved that part. Um, I saw many friends on first dates uh, at Umbrella. I've seen people who I've dated on dates at Umbrella. Um, <laughs> yep. And it's all, you know, it's all a learning thing for sure. Um, I mean, yeah, it, like I have a really close friend. I saw him on many first dates and there were first dates where I was like, no (laughs) like I can tell you guys are like not yeah I mean I am always saying too like as people are online dating these days when all that comes back that it's really really nice to have a place like that where you feel safe and you feel cared for and you feel like even if you're not like directly friends with the servers I always felt like should I be uncomfortable in any way or should something happen I feel cared for by these people and I had no problem being a person that was like always going to the same place with different dates I was like I don't the servers aren't gonna think any less of me everyone Everyone does does that everyone does it we I there's people who I they are they were my regulars only in the setting of that they were on first dates yeah actually I have I had a friend who we became really good friends and he works in the entertainment industry and we are still buddies um and he, I watched him go on like so many first dates until eventually then he like started dating a woman and they, they are now split, which I think is good. I don't think they were right for each other, but it was kind of beautiful to like watch him go on all these first dates and then get to watch him have this relationship. And he brought her in and I became friends with her and we're still also friends now. And like, it just was kind of this, like, I don't know, it's a very human, like, I'm definitely going to write about it. Hmm. You know, like I am, I think that there is a future where there is like a cheers Melrose umbrella. I, could I don't know that. if anybody will ever buy it or sell it, but <laughs> it's going to get written by me, you yes, know? <laughs> yes, totally. I think nowadays, you know, we, we often, we feel very um, isolated in the whole online dating thing and just always being on our phones, trying to meet people. And it's really good to remember that you have a community, you have neighbors, you have yeah. other people who are doing the same thing as you, or you have the people at the bar who know what you're going through. They're not judging you. They're there to support you. They want to support you. They want you to come back. They want you to be a regular. So yeah. use them. You know, you can talk to them before your date gets there and say like, Hey, if I make this totally. face, can you come rescue me? Like whatever. Totally. I think making our own communities could can make dating so much more pleasant for everybody. I agree. Well, and even like there was someone who was a regular at Umbrella and he like, I mean, he was there like every day because he we it's also a coffee shop. So there are like right. people, you know, people can come like every day. Also, it's very much a working place, like happy hour at Umbrella. Everybody has their computers or they're in meetings, you know, like it mm-hmm. it, it becomes a night space later. But um, yeah, like him and I, I mean, we had a relationship and we were like actually together and it when it was a long thing, like 
I mean, it was kind of on and off and became casual and whatever and twisted and all the things that you're going to tell me I shouldn't do. I did in that relationship. But um, <laughs> but we did have a very like, I mean, I saw him then on with other women after we broke up and like he saw me with other men after we broke up at the bar and with other people um, after we broke up. And, you know, it it was still healthy and like good and fine. And like, we understood what it was and we knew what it was before we got into it. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think, I think you're really right. I think that people sometimes get scared to date within their community because even his friend was a mutual, we have, we had mutual friends and one of our mutual friends was like, well, do you guys really want to do this? Do you really want to risk it? Like, and we were like, ah, we'll be fine. And like, we are fine. We still talk. Like I texted him the other day about something, you know, it's fine. Like, I think it's as as dramatic as you make it, obviously, but I think the idea that you're going to find someone only by going to absolute strangers with whom you have no connections because it's just too dangerous to date someone you work with, live in the same neighborhood as, like, see at a bar. Like, we have to use the resources we have, and if anything, I think we can use it to make us feel less alone, less isolated, and no, like... Yeah, I might date this person once. I might date them 10 times. I might date them for 10 years. And if it ends, it'll be uncomfortable for a little bit. But then it's up to me to rebuild that community and be okay with it and be an adult and move on. And I think you've actually always been really good at that. I'm really good at that. I, I'm. That's like something that I think I, I actually also, speaking of writing about things, I that's one of the things that I'm really trying to figure out how to write. I want to write an ex-girlfriend movie, I think. Mm, like a, I like like a rom-com, but the antithesis. Like she doesn't have, there is no guy that it's just all about how good she is at being an ex-girlfriend. I love that. Because I'm important. like the best ex-girlfriend ever. <laughs> I'm not. I... I'm not a bad ex-girlfriend. I'm just one of those people that like when I'm done, I'm done. Yeah. And typically I, as much as I'm talking about this, I've dated people that I'm friendly with, but mostly it was not someone close enough that like once we broke up, I really needed to be a part of their life anymore. And so I generally kind of would just. Whereas I date my best friends. (laughs) Yeah. I never was. I don't think I had a lot of guy friends because I probably slept with them before they could become guy friends. Mm, You know, I wasn't good at the long game so much. Yeah, I'm, well, see, I mean, can we get into it? Okay, so wait, I want to give a little background, which is, um, so I've watched your relationships over the years, always really loved how honest you are about them and how much processing and learning you do from each one. You reached out to me the other day, texting me because you saw a photo of my wedding. And then we started chatting and then you left me a voice memo that was like, so I just got out of the craziest six month relationship during this quarantine. It was so, so textbook, textbook, textbook. And like, wow, what a story. And I was like, okay, well, obviously you have to come be on the podcast what textbook are we talking about? There are so well, many. Me. Well, I'm just like, textbook Lendai. Susie. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Here's this. She's going to be like, we've Got literally it. had this. Come- yeah. We have had this. I'm sure we have. But that's the beauty of dating is you just repeat your mistakes over and over and over again. And hopefully you get just a little bit quicker yeah. at it each yeah. time. So six months to me doesn't sound too bad. But No, it's fine. And I'm fine. Um but I feel okay. Wait. Okay. Yes, wait. Let's, I, let, we're backing it up. We're backing. Yeah. Let's it up. back Go it up. Ahead. Also, I do want to tell one more related umbrella story to dating to Please. you and me. Please. Oh yes, I know what you're talking about. So this is like my favorite Dahlia Susie story. I was 
I w- we were t- thinking about maybe hiring Dolly at the at Umbrella, and I did it. We did a training night together, and we're working. And this woman comes up and she's like, "Are you Susie Dunn?" And that's not weird because as we established, Umbrella is everyone knows everyone, and people send people to me all the time. Normal. So I was like, "Yeah, I'm Susie. What's up?" And she was like, "Did you ever go on a date with Brad?" And I'm like, "Brad," and I'm like, "Oh yeah, I went on." Like, a date and a half with him. He sucked. What's up? <laughs> and she was like, that's my ex and he cheated on you or cheated on me with you. <laughs> I can't believe it. That was such a weird night. And you like came over to me and you were like horror stricken because Susie is the ultimate girl's girl. She is like team champion for women. She would never, ever, ever, ever pick a woman over a man. She would never do this knowingly. And you were just like, shattered that this happened (laughs) I was like I mean honestly though he sucked like he was racist and he sucked and so I was like I'm just gonna buy you and all of the women you're here with a shot I don't know what her intention was I don't know what she thought was going to happen I don't know why she came but I wasn't going to be fighting a fight no obviously (laughs) no I think she probably you know it's that thing when something happens to you that's not in your control and you want someone to blame or you want you just want to like share your feelings of rage like you want to spread them out across other people so I think she just like saw you and it was like you were like a you were like a outlet for her like a yeah event or she like wanted to know what it was like she wanted to know like what I was like and Mm. like because I think how did she find that out how did this how did she come looking for you or what? I'm confused. Yes. He came, they came to find me. He he blew up our relationship. I literally went on a date and a half with this guy. I went on an afternoon walk and then I went out one evening with him and it was awful. And then he texted me like a week later. He knew I was in Michigan, which is where I'm from. He knew I was home and he knew that I was unavailable. And he texted me out of the blue and was like, oh, that's it. That's all. The, we're only going to hang out that one time and it had only been a week it wasn't like he was like hey do you have time to hang out hey when can I see you and he knew I was in Michigan so I didn't even ever respond to him I just like ghosted him uh and he just sucked and like I said he was racist and then I guess he like held me over her head like he like showed her my it's really fucked up he like showed her my Instagram and was like I could leave you any time for her ew Gross. She got real lucky getting out of that one, dodged a bullet. Yeah. And then later, this is funny. I don't know if I've ever told you this. Like a year later, I get a DM from him. This was when I was dating a different friend of mine. I get a DM (laughs) from him and he's like, Hey, do you think, how about that second date? And then I didn't respond. And he was like, Oh, just kidding. I see you're dating someone now. I, I hope you're happy. Which, like, you could see that before you DM'd me. And also, that's not why I wouldn't go out on another date with you, sir. So I was going to let it go. (laughs) But then I didn't. I couldn't let it go. And I was like, yeah, that and you're racist and you cheat on women. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but really it's because I'm dating someone else. Gosh darn it. Oh, my God. Did he respond to that? Yeah, he was like. Oh, yeah, he's, he responded exactly how a racist white man responds, which was, my best friend in college was black, and he's dead, by the way. Ew, this get guy, out of here. This guy, get I was out just of here. like, no. 
Okay, well, so, that yeah. was good. That was, that was fun. That, that, that was part of our fun past. Yeah. <laughs> also, I just want to say, um, wow, because you told me that your job now is, this is unrelated, but I'm just processing it, that is safety yeah. and compliance for production at Disney right now. Yeah. Wow, that's, holy shit. That's very intense. It is. I'm overseeing three shows in three different time zones. That's crazy. That's it's crazy. Fine. At least you're busy. I mean, I honestly yeah. think that's better right now than being stuck at home. It is. And there are like hours where I'm I'm working from home. And so there are hours where I'm just like, you know, I, like I'm very lucky to like, it's intense, but I'm people's therapist. I'm learning about stuff that, you know, I'm comprehending COVID in a way that like, I just wasn't before. Mm-hmm. And it's very stressful. And like, I have an understanding of like, how the spread is going in a way that like normally we wouldn't mm-hmm. have. So that's very stressful. Um, but you know, I love what I do. I'm so happy to be doing what I do. That's like, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Like my life is just like work right now. Mm-hmm. So I think um, I had a lovely year and a half long relationship with a friend. Um, and, you know, we just aren't compatible um, in that way, which is fine. Um, but it definitely is interesting because, you know, I don't know. It's just interesting to like go in and out of dynamics with people. You mean um, go like from friendship to relationship back to friendship? You have never done it. Yeah. It's very interesting. Um, there's like a lot of communication that needs to happen and a lot of trust that needs to happen. And I would say maybe the hardest part about it is the people who are surrounding the relationship. It's not even the two people that are in the, in it. It's like the other people's significant others or the other, like the friends that are friends with both of them. I, I feel like they have a harder time. Like they're like, no, that's done. You, she should be not here anymore. But yeah. you're like, no, but we're still friends. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. And especially like the significant others, like people always get kind of like, tight whenever like if I'm dating someone and I talk about that person it's like most people in a monogamous setting get tight when I'm talking about them um but that's another you thing mean like when you're in new relationships and you talk about your ex because you're still friends with them they yeah, become yeah. threatened mm-hmm. yeah or if they know that like because sometimes we still go on walks so if they know that like I'm going on a walk um or have been on a walk it can be like a little a little bit of a thing to adjust to I think um are you a monogamous? Are you monogamous? Do you want to be monogamous? I am someone who I like for me, I think what would be the perfect scenario would be polyamory for a while in the beginning of the relationship as you build trust. Because I've heard you say on here that like it takes three months to get to know someone. I take a year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I'm like and I think you've seen me do this like I'm really slow when I'm dating people like I don't just become someone's girlfriend after three dates like Mm -hmm. I'm not I can't like I just I take a really long time so for me I enjoy like the slow and I think that's why I date my friends because we've already Mm -hmm. kind of done that work totally um and it's and I already trust them and I already like feel like I know them to be with them um, are you generally so, attracted to them from the beginning, but you're like, I have to get to know your personality first, or does the attraction come later once you've gotten to know them? I feel like it goes in and out. Mm-hmm. Like, especially with this person that I dated recently, like when I met them, they were dating a friend of mine. 
Um, but this was many years ago. This was like five years ago. Um, and I was like, oh, they're dating a friend. So that's that. And then the relationship had ended and another friend of mine like saw him and I interact and she was like, oh, he's hot. And like, you guys have tension. And I was like, we do. And I was like, he is. Cause I just like, didn't, I don't know. I just don't, my brain, if I, if I'm not in, like my brain needs to be like put in that mode kind of. So if I'm not in that mode, cause I just was looking at, we were interacting because of comedy. So in my brain, it was just like work related, you know, mm -hmm, and I wasn't mm -hmm. even like considering it. Um, but then as soon as she said he was hot, I, that's all like as every time I saw him, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. But like we we were he you know, he he's like a serial monogamous. So he was in and out of relationships for the, our whole friendship. And I just didn't it just didn't it never it never happened, you know, for, for whatever reason, one reason or the other. I think we both knew that there was tension always, but also like that didn't matter. Like, I think that for me, I just kind of choose for that to not matter if I have it with a friend. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm kind of like, that will bring itself to fruition when it has to. And until then I'm good with it. You're like, so patient. You're so Zen. I was always like, I'm attracted to everyone around me all the time and I have to make oh, something oh, happen immediately. Like immediately. <laughs> well, I'm, a, I'm attracted to everyone around me all the time. Don't get me wrong. But you just like sit on it. Yeah, I guess. Wow. I, like I have a friend recently who we were hanging out and um, not that recently, but because COVID, but you know, and as far as human interactions for me go mm -hmm. recently <laughs> and we were, we like hung out normal, had dinner watched a movie it's like not something weird for us but then we ended up snuggling and like that was so cute and like she she's amazing I love her I don't know again it's like she's in my life and that's it like if it changed like the way that she's in my life if that changes it will change when it has to and when it's supposed to and when it doesn't make sense anymore not to mm -hmm. And that's kind of how I feel about all parts of relationships. Like this person who I was seeing, he asked me to be his girlfriend like two weeks into us dating. And I just am like, I was like, no, like, are you sh like, you don't, we don't want to do that yet. You know, like for me, I'm like, I want to be your girlfriend when it's like dumb that I'm not. <laughs> Can you, know you explain I mean? that? Like, what does it mean to you when you become someone's girlfriend that makes it different? Like, what is it? I want to like, I want to like know what our day is going to be when I see you already. I want to know what you're going to order from the restaurant when we're going to go order it. I want to like know what friend you're talking about when you're talking about them. I want to like just be able to be like, hey, I need to see you tonight. And have it be like, yes, I, like I would this. love to see you tonight. So it's like, like a certain I, comfort level where it's not like yeah. I'm agreeing to be your girlfriend and then I'll find out these other things about you and what our life looks like. It's more like I know exactly what this looks and feels like you already feel like a close friend. I don't have questions that haven't been answered. Yeah. And I don't have to stand on ceremony about how much I like you. Exactly. And like I just, I just feel comfortable. Like when I leave hanging out with you when I leave us 
I don't feel like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. And like, what about that? And if I should ask that next time and I need to make sure I bring that up. Like, I don't want to feel, I already want all of that, like taken care of. And I want to be like at the comfortable level with the person and then I'll be your girlfriend, you know? I Cause like- It's interesting. I like it. I just don't want to, it's like for me at least, getting to the point where like, okay, now I'm this person's significant other for whatever reason, it like clicks in my brain differently. And so then like inevitably when it doesn't work out, there's so much more work that I have to do on the back end that what like, could have like, there's so much more healing that I like have to do and things, more things that I have to like let go of. I feel, um, because the, to me, like being someone's significant other and being, and being monogamous with someone holds like, it's just a different, thing than yeah. like being casual with someone or being in a relationship of being poly like that's you know you're because if you're monogamous and the relationship ends everything is done then you don't have other people that are involved in your life already that you've already built relationships with that you already care about where you can uh release that energy like you're used to you're just done <laughs> like there's no more sex there's right. no more dating right. there's no more kissing there's you know so I think it's just like a whole different healing process so with him yeah he was like I want to be you know I want you to be my girlfriend and like I kind of was like well what does that look like and what do you why what why what's the difference you know like what wait what so this that? just to clarify so this was your good friend. We're talking about now your most recent breakup, which is the one yeah. you called textbook for yourself that you were yeah. with for six months and you had been friends. You had met him five years ago. He'd always been in and out of monogamous relationships. Now, just to go back to my previous question, you eventually would like to be monogamous, but those beginning stages oh. for you are poly just so that you're not completely fixated on and committing to this one person while you get to know them? Um, a little bit. I mean, I think for me, like the perfect relationship if would be that we would move into monogamy for a little bit to like build the relationship and get our feet going and feel really good. And then, you know, if this is the person that I am going to spend the rest of my life with, I would love to have that always be a conversation. I think when we are like going to be getting married and we're like planning our wedding, we should be monogamous. I think if I'm pregnant with our kid, we are going to be monogamous <laughs> for that time frame because safety and like, you know, I, I like I know I'm going to be very vulnerable for those 10 months. So I'm going to need my partner to be to have me be their focus. Um, but, you know, if like if we've been married and we want to have fun for like a cup a night here or yeah. we, you know, we want to have a couple months a year where we or a couple weekends a year, like I'm open to mm -hmm. because if this is forever, like I don't need, you know, I don't think that you need to only experience me as a romantic relationship for the rest of your life yeah. if you're with me. And I don't think that I need to only experience that person as so. I'm pretty flexy. So you um, are ultimately a marriage and kids person, but you're not, I assume you're not putting yourself on a certain timeline in terms of like, I need to get into a relationship. I need to be married by this time. Or like, I need to have kids. Yada, yada, yada. You're just kind of, how have, old are you? Like 30? I'm 30. You're only 30. I'm only 30. Yeah. But I didn't go to college. So I feel like I'm like 34. Okay. <laughs> 
because you're I not like it. just for the record but my meant like <laughs> meant, like I moved to New York City at 18 not right. in college like right. just moved to an apartment you I know yeah, yeah yeah um so I adulted like immediately um okay so but- you're 30 so you are not really in like a okay it's time Susie to get real with someone or whatever you're just kind of like as things happen not that that's a I don't generally believe in that mindset anyway but you are definitely not in that mindset so I have a kid timeline. Okay. What I want to have a kid. I want to be like working on getting pregnant in seven years, no matter what. And I, and I'm perfectly comfortable with doing that alone. Like I've That's already thought about that. I've already thought about a life where I do that alone. In fact, that has made me feel more comfortable thinking about doing it alone because I grew up in a really tumultuous, um, upbringing and, um, and I grew up like in the this I don't know how much I will openly talk about but I can touch on it like my parents marriage was not like they got divorced when I was 23 Mm -hmm. it was not a healthy um view of what a marriage could be um and my parental experience was also difficult so I for me I'm like okay with the idea of like this is I have my own kid this is my own kid and then I have separate relationships with people that are romantic outside of you know who would be connected to the kid so like I'm totally chill getting artificially inseminated is what I'm saying (laughs) I love that I mean I remember when I was getting to be like 32 33 and I was like I think it's not helping me or my dating life to be thinking to be putting the dual pressure of find my soulmate not that I really believe in that and find the father of my child like this all has to happen in this x amount of years because of my biological clock and so I remember just getting to a point where I was like okay if I really want to have children and it's a must for me then I will have them by myself if I have to and that's not the kind of pressure I want to be put putting on finding also my partner and because it's just gonna so many people I spoke to a client the other day who She's like 38 or something and her friends are like, just, just settle and you can always get divorced later in terms of like getting married and having a kid. And I'm like, uh, no, don't do that. You like, that's, it's, it's a horrible thing to put a child through and it's a horrible thing to put yourself through. And the thought that you can't make it happen on your own if you want to, and then separately look for a partner. I also know women who have chosen to have children on their own. And once they did that, were able to find a partner because they were no longer putting that pressure on the partner and the timeline and how fast it had to move. They were just like, I'm doing this for myself and I can look for a partner, but I no longer have that pressure. So I think that's just a really, really great place to be coming from. And I encourage people all the time to try if they can, to get to that place of knowing that like, if kids is a thing, they'll have them and a partner can be a separate thing. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, it, it comes down to like, I, I do a lot of meditating, you know, I meditate pretty much every day. Um, and like my meditations sometimes just take me thinking about my future. I try not to go to the future cause like I try to be, you know, here, but you know, you go places and like, the thing that's always clear to me is like, I can clearly see me and my one kid and then that's it. Like, I don't, there's nothing else that I can clearly see and I'm okay with that and I'm comfortable with that. And so like, I know that I, and I know that I can build that for myself. And like, 
I also have gotten to the point with my life, which I know I'm young, but I am making choices with my money and my career for me and my kid. And mm. it's not like for me and my future spouse, it's for me and my kid, you know? Mm-hmm. So I love that. I think that all to me seems really clear that that's where my priorities are. And then yes, like if I can, cause I also for a while didn't think that I would have children. I didn't want kids. And that, that was like a big part of me for a while until I was in therapy and I started talking to my therapist and I realized that what I was scared of was putting my kid through another pattern, like what I had to go through. But I realized that I've already broken that pattern mm-hmm. just by the way that I live my life. And yeah. just by being a 30 year old who didn't marry someone from my small town and doesn't work for my family and isn't, there, you know, like I yeah. moved, I, I, the pattern's gone. Yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. no more pattern. So once I realized that it like freed me from this fear and then I also have realized that I would be a fucking killer mom like, you would I, be a killer mom you'd be so on top of it you'd be one the coolest mom yeah. two just like such a responsible thoughtful mom and I yeah. just think this whole thing I think is so so smart because it means you don't have to compromise I mean every relationship is a compromise in some sense but you don't have to compromise on the things that are really important to you because of some artificial timeline yeah Exactly. So yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Okay, so great. So we, we covered that. So now we'll go to this current. Okay, so yeah. we met five years ago, friends, blah, blah, blah. He six months. Okay, wait, how did it start being more than a friendship? Let's go. Okay, there. so again, not weird for us. And again, back when numbers weren't what they are now, I went over to his place to help him build some furniture because he moved into a new place. And we were just hanging out. And again, not weird for us. Like we've, that's like, we go on walks. We have, we've like met up for drinks. Like that's all of normal part of our relationship. And in fact, our friendship was very much like, oh, you're going through a breakup. Let's go on a walk. Like mm-hmm. that was a regular mm-hmm. part of our friendship. So he was moving into a new place and he knew that I, like my job, my old job, I built so much furniture at this production company that I worked at. So he knew that I- This is why you're going to be a good mom. Exactly, exactly. I'm a jack of all trades. I can make really good chocolate chip cookies and I can build your desk. Yes. Um, <laughs> Hot. But so he was like, do you want to come over and like, help? will you come over and like help me set up this furniture? And I was like, for sure. So I went over and the night was like very normal. We were just like drinking wine, building furniture, talking, catching up because, you know, we don't see each other. Nobody sees each other right now. So we're catching up and then like we I smoke weed um, and so we were like smoking some weed and then he just looked at me and he was like, I think that if you don't leave right now, I'm going to have to kiss you. And I'm not someone who lines like that work on. So I was like, I was like, well, let's talk about it. (laughs) 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 What does that look like? Like, what does our relationship look like? What does that mean for us as friends? What is, you know? blah 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 and so we like talked about it and we but just were basically like look like I care about you you care about me I have your best interest and my own best interest in in my mind and so do you and we're attracted to each other and fucking COVID Jesus so why not yeah (laughs) I get it I feel like a fair amount of relationships are probably starting that way because it's like why not what else are we doing and I some of them are going to be 
lasting, lasting. And some of them yeah. are going to be good lessons to learn and fun experiences to have. But, you know, exactly. that's I, kind of what I was like, whatever, like, if there's a time to like switch this relationship into a different mode, like I guess now is yeah, like, give it a shot. And, and you have, have the history of being able to. Well, know, we talked about that because he friendships. he does not like he is not friends with any of his exes. Mm-hmm. Like he's had bad. Everything has been negative uh, breakups for him. Um, and I am friends with literally every single one of my exes except for one. My ent- my whole life, like anybody who I've called a boyfriend. Except for one of them, I'm friends with all of them. So, um, you know, we're, it's quite different. Um, but he, yeah, so then, you know, we were, like, sort of seeing each other dating, uh, you know, sexually active with one another. Um, and I was, like, kind of seeing other people, but it was COVID. So it wasn't physically seeing other people, but I was, like, talking to other people still. And then he was, like, I am not comfortable like I want us to just see each other to just be it started as I want us to just be sleeping with one another and you know I was kind of like okay I get it like we discussed like I'm like okay what's the root of that and we discussed it and it kind of was like the comfortability of COVID was the root of it which is very valid um and just like that's how he wanted to go about being in a relationship And so then for me, I'm like, well, monogamy to me is not just like, I'm not someone who's like casually monogamous. Mm -hmm, (laughs) Like like to me, those don't match, you know? Um, And I don't, I'm not, I'm not successful at being casually monogamous. I drive myself kind of insane. Um, And the relationship drives me kind of insane. Um, So, you know, I kind of was saying that and then we sort of like, thought about it and took some time and then it had only been like two weeks and he was like I I want to be your boyfriend I like I've been thinking about it and like I just think like we already know each other we already like each other and like you know I'm in and for me again like I'm kind of at the point where like because of how slow I take things and because of how well I know myself and because of like where I am in my timeline of life Like, I don't really want to be someone's girlfriend right now if we're not moving Mm -hmm. to more, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm Mm -hmm. not, I'd rather us just date, and that's fine. I don't need, I'm not feeling weird about it, but I'd rather us just, like, date and be more casual until we really know that, like, okay, we want to head down this road of, like, more seriousness. And honestly, if I don't head down that road of seriousness for five more years because of that, that's fine. (laughs) so right now you either want a boyfriend who is going to be a husband slash father or casual kind of I think so yeah Yeah. like I don't you don't want a boyfriend that's not that's going to have you be monogamous but not willing to eventually talk marriage or more commitment yeah Yeah. And and the thing is is that I don't think that that's that crazy of a thing to ask because I'm not going to feel comfortable with boyfriend mode until I already know that that so like there's no one in the world right now that would like show up and be I would be like oh let's be like I want to be your girlfriend you know like it just wouldn't there's a year-long process Mm, mm -hmm. (laughs) to get to that you know so patient she's so patient (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, I think must be the I don't meditation. Know. I, I don't know. I'm not that patient, but it's I good. Mean, I, I think this is wrong. a good lesson. Like, I think not everyone needs the full year, but I think what you're saying is very valid and right and right on in terms of like when you make a monogamous commitment to someone, the if you break up, it's going to feel much bigger. Also, once you make an anonymous commitment to someone, you just, you're committed in your mind in a different way. And so if you don't already know a lot of things about them, that's a huge step to take without having the foundation in place. Yeah, that's, yeah, I feel that completely. And I feel also even, even with like the friendship, like, for me before monogamy and dating, I'm like, well, I want to see what you're like in mm-hmm. the dating. Like mm-hmm. it's different to be dating you than it is to be friending you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Okay. So he said, I want to be your boyfriend. And you said, and I was like, okay, great. And then like, wait, so you said yes. I said yes. Why? Because, because I, of COVID? Because of COVID and because that's what made him feel comfortable. And because I do love him and I loved him already then. You and know? you felt and like you knew him well enough. Already. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, okay, like I could, and like, I could, I think I could spend the rest of my life with that person Mm -hmm. because I, I'm like you, I don't believe in soulmates. I believe that there are multiple people out in that world on this world that I could spend the rest of my life with. Mm -hmm. And I think that he is one of those people that I like, I could like, I I think we would have a really great time. Mm -hmm. Like I, we would have a really great life and have a really great time. So for me, I'm like, okay, like, let's try it. Why not? Like, let myself fall a little give up a, like don't be so black and white like either husband or or slut like <laughs> try the middle love the slut love the slut <laughs> i love the slut we, we love, love the her. slut um <laughs> but like try the middle a little you know like go get, get loosen up a little and so i did and like i don't want to like go too deep into his details because they're like his details and it's his life and it's not really my story to tell but essentially, like, things happened that led an ex back into his life. And he was kind of like, I don't know. I haven't closed those. Like, I haven't taken care of those feelings well enough yet. And I'm like, totally. I get that. Like, I, that's a normal thing to have happen. So, like, you should go explore that and figure that out. Um, and How long you, was this into it? This was like a month and okay. a half into okay. it. And I was just like, yeah, if you need to go figure that out, like, you need to go figure that out. And, like, I can't say I'll be here, but, like, as your friend, I'll be here. Like, you know, I'm, I'm around. Like, I think you're – I think that this is a rude decision. I think that, like, this is – this does hurt my feelings. Um, and, like, not that he's dumb, but I think the decision is dumb because, like, I'm a fucking – catch nothing to do with this other woman i'm sure she's great too but i don't know her i only know me and i think that this is a dumb decision but you know and so he went away and dealt with that and figured out that that's not what he wanted and then we still didn't get back together but you know we're friends and so then we were like talking and talking to every once in a while or whatever and then we ended up having a phone call because he just wanted to like you know really apologize because I think he was feeling the rudeness of that decision and how that affected me and then you know the conversation of course was just like and I miss you and like I don't feel like we got to explore what we came to explore and 
like, you know, should we give it another shot? And I know you're always like, other shots don't work. I mean, occasionally they do. What I usually say is, whatever the reason is it didn't work out the first time, usually will come up again in some way and be the same reason, unless both people have taken a really... Like, the times I've seen it work for people to get back together has been, like, years between yeah. dating. Yeah. And- I would agree with that. And and the, and the then the, and then now in, ensues the problem, right? So then we were kind of on and off for, like, the following months, for, like, mm-hmm. the following six months. Um, and he's, uh, dear listeners, I love astrology. Um, and this man, this man is a Sagittarius. And, oh, boy. What does that mean? A Sagittarius. Sagittarius are, like... Like, literally, the thing you read about them is, like, they are, like, scared of commitment. Like, they run from commitment. They want to be free. Like, literally, oh, God, we'll, we'll get there. Okay, so we were on and off. We so what was the on and off? It was, like, he would be, like, okay, I want to try this. And then he would get scared and be, like, I need a second. Or what yeah, did the on was, and off? Well, everything was his control. The entire relationship. He, drew, he was driving the car. He was driving the vehicle. I told him... Um, that I felt like in the beginning of our relationship, he was like driving down the highway and was speeding. And I was like, babe, we got to slow down. He love bombed you. That's called love bombing. Yes. Yes. And I'm like, babe, we got to slow down. Like, look at traffic. We're getting, we're going too fast. Like we're going to, we're going to crash. And then he like, was like, we're fine. We're fine. We're fine. And then all of a sudden he looks forward and he's like, oh fuck. And then he jumped out Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I was like, ah, (laughs) I have to tell you, I've heard of this kind of thing. I mean, I've always heard of it, but I've heard of it more in COVID that the guy is kind of dry, not not to too much stereotype genders, but just what I've heard mostly has been the guy is driving in the beginning. He's pushing, pushing, pushing for the commitment, pushing, pushing, pushing for the seriousness, leveling up, leveling up. And then once the girl says, OK, I'm on board, he freaks out and bails. And I think it's you know, it's this kind of like everyone's lonely and freaked out a little bit. So they're like, oh, a companion. Yes. But then they kind of skip all the necessary steps of like taking it slow, getting to know each other. And even though you knew each other as friends, as you said, you didn't know each other in a dating context and what each other needed yet. And that's a very important difference and something that needs to be taken slow and figured out or else one of the people is then going to all of a sudden, how did we get here? I have to jump out. I'm scared, you know? And so I just think it is something that's been happening. And so I encourage people whose instinct is to move slower to really put your foot down on that and just say, nope, we're not going at your speed. We're going at my speed. That is a big lesson that I have definitely learned. And like moving forward, I'm taking that with me for sure. I also am someone who this happens to. I'm someone who people meet me and I think I'm like very charismatic. I have a whole life. That's my own. I'm very put together. Um, I'm very independent and uh, my face is symmetrical. And so then they (laughs) they fall in love and they like, or they think that they, you know, they, they loll and fub is what I call it. Um, (laughs) They put you on a little bit of a pedestal. I think it's a little bit of a manic pixie dream girl pedestal where they're like, yes, I must capture the treasure unicorn. And then you're like, guess what? I'm a person with needs. And they're like, oh, you are? I'm a Wait person a who has a really fucked up past. Wait, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I do think a- you also are super laid back and chill and loving and caring. And so when someone is coming at you with all that love and adoration, of course you want to be like, slow it down. But you're also a human being who's like, but this does feel pretty good. So maybe I'll just go with it. 
Yeah. Instead of going with your initial instinct and like brain intelligence of like, I need to slow this down and we need to be people to each other before we can just jump to the next thing. Yeah. That's, I love that. We need to be people to each other. Yeah. I mean, I have an ex who straight up told me he's now in therapy, bless. Um, <laughs> and I pushed and pushed and pushed for that. Um, <laughs> not, he's not in therapy because of me. He's in therapy because of himself, but I'm just, you know, bless. Um, and he told bless me, everyone in therapy. Everybody bless everyone in therapy. Lord yeah. knows. <laughs> He told me that he realized in reflecting upon our relationship that he didn't want to be with me. He just wanted to have me. And I think that that yeah. is what happens to me a lot is that it's like people are just like the, the age range that I'm dating. Everyone's just quite not quite ready to be like serious. And then they meet me and they're like, oh, fuck, this is the opportunity. And so I need to force myself. And it's like, Mm-mm, we can go on a slow drive well and I want to I want to push on that idea a little bit of people this age being ready or not I generally think especially men uh are not ever ready to be in a serious relationship they meet the person who makes them want to be in a serious relationship which is why one day a guy will be like I'm not ready and the next day he's engaged to someone else is because like it has to be the person so I think they do they're probably just at the brink of like, oh, I kind of should be getting ready. And then they meet you and they're like, mommy, like, yes, (laughs) I found her. She's everything. She's perfect. And I don't have to do anything. She's just perfect. And I get to have her. And then they realize, no, it's still uh, two people in a relationship with needs and like humanity and flaws who like have to compromise around each other you don't just get to like pick up the marriage token on the monopoly board yeah i would agree with that can we change well okay let, we'll just finish with we'll so, finish yeah, so yes. it was it was like on, on and, and off, off on and off and on and off and a lot of sagittarius energy a lot of like just he would just disappear for like two weeks like oh, he no. just would like just the text messages would change like it would go it would change from like babies and I love yous to like very just stringent and like but he wouldn't communicate any of his feelings though like I would have to context clue pick up that he was avoiding me and so I wouldn't realize that he was avoiding me until like halfway through the week and then I would be like oh why haven't I seen him oh oh let me look at these oh he's avoiding me and then like how long do I have to wait for him to want to see me again like what basically like do I have to wait for him to get horny again like kind I mean that's kind of what it felt like right like um and so then so during that time were you uh because it sounds like especially in the beginning of things you were very very good at speaking up for yourself and communicating and calling out what's happening in the room and not just kind of letting things happen to you but it sounds a little like since you got love bombed he kind of uh almost like lulled you into this like just letting him drive and no longer speaking up it kind of was like that I mean I would I would speak up like like I got frustrated because every time we did hang out it was like I went over to his place we ordered and I know it's COVID so it's different but I went over to his place we ordered food we had sex we went to bed we woke up we had sex I left and like I think even in COVID it doesn't need to be like that like Mm -hmm. it just doesn't need to like we could sit out on the porch we could go for a drive we could not turn on the tv we could go for a hike we could go to the beach like there are you know we could have a day we could hang out during the day like 
you know, there were options that were not being, and it was like, whenever we did hang out, it was like, he would text out of the blue and be like, Hey, you want to come over two days from now and we'll get dinner. And then we would, that's how we would hang out. But I just kind of like, I got, it was like, I got gun shy from asking him on dates because then it was like it. So, okay, here's what it is. I think that this person, and I say this as someone who's in therapy, I think that this person really needs to go to therapy. And I think that I got punished for loving them because they don't know quite how to love themselves just yet. And I'm still learning how to love myself. So again, I don't say this is like a judgment, but I think that they don't know how to love themselves yet. So they don't love themselves. And so because I love them, I got punished for loving them. And it was almost like I was less desirable because I, how could I love someone like that, that like lowers me, which is just like, this person is fantastic and they should know that like me loving them is because they're fantastic. Mm -hmm. It's not, Mm -hmm. but I think that there's like that cyclical thing that was happening. Um, And were you still uh, calling each other? Were you keeping the titles and the monogamy at this point? No monogamy. Yes. Because that was his control. Mm-hmm. And I swear, like, I love this person so much, but the only reason we were monogamous is because this person couldn't bring themselves to think that there might be a possibility that I might be having a different penis put into me. Mm-hmm. Like, I mm-hmm. swear to God, that's mm-hmm. the only reason. That but we the had titles to- went away when they went back to their ex. And then when they came back, it was kind of on his turf. And then at this point, you felt like you couldn't really speak up for yourself or call out what was going on because it might push him away. And at this point you had been kind of already bitten by the snake and sucked in. Yes. Yeah. And I was just trying to understand and support him in a way that I didn't need, like I didn't need the support that he needed. Like, mm-hmm. so, you know, I was just trying to like, and I wasn't, I would say like, I don't think that I was doing anything that unhealthy for myself. Like, it's not like I was like going out of my way the only thing that I would say that maybe was unhealthy is I probably should have been like, Hey, I also need to see other people if you're going to like disappear totally. for two at a time. But otherwise I don't think I was doing anything that was like that unfair to myself. Um, well, and I do think if it hadn't been COVID, you probably would have been more vocal or active for yourself because yeah. there wouldn't have been the, like during COVID you don't have that many options. So you're like, all right, I see this guy you know, every week or every few days, like what else am I doing right now? Probably the Susie I know, if you had been as social and active as you usually are, that would not have worked. Yeah, it just wouldn't have happened. It just wouldn't have gone down that way for sure. Um, But also you are like fiercely loyal. So I actually could see that even if you were like, okay, I'm going to do my own thing, that you still might a little be at his little bit be at his like beck and call a little bit. I definitely do that. I definitely mm-hmm. do that because I, when I decide that I'm going to like do something, I do it. And like, mm-hmm. you know, I like, I don't cheat. I don't like, if I tell you we're monogamous, like I'm monogamous, mm-hmm. I'm not flirting with other people. I mean, there are relationships where I'm flirty and like, mm-hmm. there are men in my life who I have been with previously who like, you know, in this lat, like there were men who I was dating when I started dating this person. Right. And like, or people who I was dating rather not men, I shouldn't gender it, but people who I was dating when I started dating him. And I still, of course, if we interacted was a little bit flirtatious, but I lay the boundary. Mm-hmm. I let them know, like, I'm now seeing someone and it's, and I'm exclusive with them. So like, mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm very, I'm very keen on that. Um, but yeah, I mean, 
he so okay so flash forward to <laughs> joe biden okay also another thing that i had stuck up for myself about and that did feel a little weird was we he would this person posts a lot on instagram and like on social media because they're a comedy person and you know that's like a part of their life and when we were friends they would post about me if we were hanging out like normal just like they do about their whole life but as soon as we started dating radio silence like nothing about me on their social media and it was like weird like there were moments where I know he would have posted about the moment but he didn't because he didn't want to tag me in it which is just like makes you feel terrible that makes you feel awful as a human especially someone who like we're friends like yeah like just tag me don't make right it wouldn't be weird at all like if he never posted normally then it's like fine don't expect him to post about you but if he was putting you in there in the past then all of a sudden he's having sex with you and he's like i can't have this be associated which it wouldn't even be it's just no it sounds like he had some real um neuroses happening yeah yeah and so then and then he would like hang out with other women and uh, totally supportive of that fine as friends wearing masks you know but he would post like about them and about things that they were doing and i did speak up i was like babe i'm a hot babe and i'm in your life like you're you're like like we literally went on this like gorgeous really cool hike and he like didn't post anything about it the whole time that we were on it was like this incredible hike and i was posting about it the whole time and he didn't post about it at all and i'm just, and he wouldn't like i would tag him and stuff and he wouldn't share and there's no he shares everything that people tag him in like it was just it seems like he really cool. needed to show you that he was in charge of the, your role in his life, which is unfortunate because you were friends and you would want someone to continue treating you with the respect of a friend. But something weird does happen in people's minds sometimes when it becomes something else and then it just has all this more meaning about them. Yeah. So what happened when you spoke up about that? Um, he would just tell me I was right. And he would just agree, but then nothing would change. And like, it was also weird because like we have friends in common. And also I had met a, a bunch of his close friends, like after I had come back, even it wasn't like I had met them when I was his girlfriend and then didn't after, like I had met them. I didn't meet them until after when we were like back together after we weren't boyfriend and girlfriend anymore. And so I was just like, I don't know what, like, are you hi-? like, I don't know what you're hiding. Like, I don't, I feel like I'm, a hidden part of your life and like he literally would just be like you're right and like but wouldn't there was no movement on it it was just like he like just downplay like just like got me to shut up basically um which is very unlike you uh, yeah well because I thought like I thought okay I'm right and he agrees and so it's gonna change you know mm-hmm. but then it but then it didn't did he um, ever give a reason or he would just agree and be like you're right I'm sorry and never gave me interesting he would, he would, that's the thing is like we would talk, but it was never deep enough. Like he never let me in, you know, he Mm -hmm. never let me understand why. And like, I think it's because I think that it's because he was still has women in his life that he's like keeping on hooks. Yeah. And so I think that he didn't want to advertise that he was with me. And I think that it's probably because exes like that ex particularly probably is still watching his stories and he didn't want her to see me yeah it's just weird because you were in there as a friend and he never worried about it so I think it's what you're saying but also that he was being careful about your perception 
Of, I'm sure it's you that know, too. wanting to yeah. control your perception a little bit. I'm sure it's that too. I'm sure he'd, and there was a lot of that. There was like a lot of like, I could tell that like, I, I even like sexually, I could tell that he like really wanted me, but I could tell that he was like holding himself back. And like, I could tell that there were instances where like he wanted to hang out, but he was like holding himself back or like, and then we did get, there was, okay. So flash forward then through all of this to the day that Joe Biden is announced as being the president. So that Saturday he texts me and he's like, come out to Silver Lake and hang out. Like there's a, everybody's on the street, like just come here. And so I was like, okay, great. And we had a, pl- I had a plan. Like I was going to take him to the beach and like take, and we were going to get dinner and stuff, but I don't mind that that got scrapped. I'm excited to like be on the street and Silver. I, you know, you know me, like mm-hmm. there's nowhere else I'd rather be than to be there. But point being, finally, I had made like I had gotten him to agree to do something that wasn't just like sitting on his. And now, of course, it's getting canceled for something else that isn't just sitting on the couch, which is good. But so we went to Silver Lake. I met up with him. He was already there. I met a couple more of his friends. We ran into some of my friends. It was like a really fun night. We got drunk because like I just am not really drinking right now because when that doesn't just just doesn't really happen and so like we were drinking on the street and so like I got you know I got drunk because tolerance um and like all of this is not good like all of this is bad but we said I love you I don't know who said it first but all of a sudden we were saying I love you to each other and I'm pretty sure I said it first which is very unlike me but I don't really the the whole incident is blurry we were like making love and saying it, um, which is like not the time to say it when you're drunk or having sex. Like you, you want to say it like when you're sober and mean it, yeah. um, <laughs> which I did mean it. I you mean it. it. You still mean it when you're having oh, sex, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's just different. Maybe yeah. just and keep I, it separate. Yeah. Uh, and I do love him. I love him still to this day. Um, but so we said it and then it was like, we like I kind of like sobered up and we sobered up and we like we had dinner and it was like really cute and we like said it a million times and like I don't know I was just like okay like maybe now like and I had been sort of feeling like he was like chilling out and like loosening up and like feeling better about things and feeling better about himself and so I was like maybe this is like it now like maybe now we can like just fucking because we'd also talked about the relationship and I like he was like do you how do you feel about how I treat you and I was like well I mean for the most part you treat me okay but I do feel like you're in the driver's seat and I do feel like our relationship hasn't had a moment to just like breathe and just like be like I feel like it's always like in our heads and like we're always it's like we always are having conversations like I would just like to just date each other yeah and just like it is really important to have a relationship where the majority of time is not spent talking about the relationship. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so then the next morning we woke up and we had, you know, sex and said, I love you. And before, and like he, I, I waited, I was like, I'm going to wait and like, see what happens. And then he, we were like talking and then he like looked at me and he was like, I love you and like (laughs) kissed me. And I was just like, Oh my God, I love you too. And it was very sweet and tender. And then we had sex and then we were like snuggling. And I was just like, what are you doing today? Because in my head, I was like, maybe we could like actually spend the day together, you know, and like 
eat food and hang out and like talk and just be like a couple for a second. And he was like, oh, well, I'm going to watch this soccer game. And then um, I'm getting coffee with a friend later and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, okay, what friend? And he was like, this woman. And I was like, who the fuck is that? And it was like as a joke. And we joke like that, like he'll joke like that. And I joke like that. But then it wasn't a joke. And I didn't know that. Like, I thought that me saying who the fuck is that was a joke. But like, he kind of froze. And I was like, like, who is it? And he was like, it's someone who I met doing a comedy show, um, you know, a couple months ago. And we're just going to get coffee. And I was like, well, that sounds like a date. And he was like, it's not a date. And I was like, okay. Well, does she know that it's not a date? And he was like, it's not a date. We we hung out two weeks ago and it wasn't a date. And I was like, that sounds like a second date. <laughs> like you're hanging out like in COVID, you're hanging out with someone that much. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, does she know about me? Does she know that you are seeing someone? Does she know that you're monogamously seeing someone? And he was like, no. And I was like, well, that makes me uncomfortable. Like, how do you know that she know that she knows that it's not a date? And he couldn't answer that. And he, this, this conversation happened throughout the morning. So we like had breakfast, I showered, he showered, like, you know, this conversation kind of got picked up and dropped as, as one does with this mm-hmm. conversation. And then he was what, you know, and he was watching his game, but like, fuck off. You, there's so many soccer games. You yeah. can figure out what the score is later. Like we're in the middle of a conversation. I'm going to leave soon. Anyway, you can watch the rest of the game. Like, just stop for a second and pause it and like have this conversation with me. Um, and that's a trigger for me. Cause I grew up with like a parent who would put sports. I literally was born later than I was supposed to because my father made my mother hold me in her womb so that he could see who won March madness. Oh so my God. <laughs> sorry. So <laughs> this is like a big trigger for me, like a lifelong trigger for me. And so I'm like, you know, upset that he's like, kind of taking the sports game more seriously than the conversation that we're having. Um, And so, you know, finally we're talking and he just kind of like flipped out on me and he was like, you need to go. This is why I don't want to do this. I don't want to have these conversations. Like you need to go. And I was like, wait a minute. Like you can't just kick someone out of your, like, you can't, like, I'm your friend. Like, don't just kick me out of your house. Like, what are you doing? Like, that's so uncaring and unkind. And I said that, like, I was like, I was like, I'm shocked right now. Like, this is so unkind and uncaring. Like, don't just kick me out of your house, you know? And, you know, but then he is like, okay, you need space. You need space. All right. And I was like, but you need to make a plan with me. Like, when are we going to talk again? You need to take your space. You need to think, but then you need to talk to me again. And so he was like, I'll call you tonight. And so then he called me that night and he broke up with me. Like he was just like, we can't do this anymore kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, this is all why I didn't want to, like why I've been wishy-washy and have tried to end things before. And, you know, why I was unsure about wanting to do this. And, but to me, I'm kind of like, even and now that I'm away from it, even still, I'm kind of like, that's kind of bullshit. (laughs) Like it's a little bit bullshit because I have said that we could have a polyamorous relationship. 
there's a world where I wouldn't have felt uncomfortable, like, or felt the need to ask those questions that I was asking or felt uncomfortable with you getting coffee with someone. It's just that you've asked me to be monogamous. You've uh, asked me to uphold myself to these boundaries. And I need you to hold yourself to the boundaries that you've put on the relationship yourself. And this is, this has happened to me before. I've literally in a past relationship had someone cheat on me with the person who I was like, Hey, y'all got tension. You need to go figure that out. We should be polyamorous while you do that. And they were like, no, I'm good. I love you. I want to be with you. I want to figure it out with you. And then they fucking cheated on me with that person and didn't tell me for six months. So again, another thing that I have experienced that I'm just like, there's our, you don't, I like, I was so pissed that I got cheated on in that relationship. Cause I'm like, I told you that we could be polyamorous. Like there should have been no cheating. Like, I think what it is, it sounds like this guy, the most recent one, when he said, I don't want to, this is what I didn't want to do. It's less like, I don't want to be monogamous and more like, I don't want to be accountable for myself. And I don't want to have emotional conversations. Like, it sounds like it was the emotion and the honesty that was coming out of you. That was too much for him and it sounds like in the other one with the cheating it's almost like like so rarely is cheating is about sex but it's also not it's also about being subversive it's about having a secret it's about not having permission um for some people like for some people not some people are just like polyamory is for me i need to like be with more than one person and that's great um but for some people it's the fact that they're not supposed to do it that makes it appealing to them and so if someone else is giving them permission to do it that takes the appeal out of it i i agree with that but i don't think that was this i think this person thought like i'm measured enough and i have enough self-control i mean this person Mm -hmm. also like i have i have really big jealousy and insecurity um holdups but i'm really honest about them Mm -hmm. and when i'm feeling jealous Mm -hmm. i tell people immediately um and he when I told him when I was open about my jealousy of this person in his life he straight up said to me I said well you've never experienced jealousy and he straight up said I don't experience jealousy ever which is like a fucking lie mm-hmm. we all everybody has mm-hmm. there may be you know I know there are people that don't experience it at the level that I do because of what happened to me in my childhood um but there are like everybody has some version of it and i experienced his jealousy i saw his jealousy eventually so it was just like yeah you know you're like you're just lying to yourself so Mm -hmm. i think he just was lying to himself Mm -hmm. and i think that he he's a virgo and i think that he thought that he could like hold it all together always you know and he just he lost control of it and he's also a really good person like a really good person um but that was really fucking painful for me Mm -hmm. um And honestly, it's not even for me. That's the thing. Like the cheating, being cheated on for me, I don't even care that you had sex with someone else. I don't even care that you kissed someone else. It's just that you are upholding me to different boundaries than what you're upholding yourself to. And that pisses me off. Right. Yeah, that's not fair. And it again, it sounds like this most recent one, he just more wanted to be the one in control of his actions and he didn't want you getting to control any of it from the conversations to who he was dating or seeing to when he called you or saw you to what you did together. He wanted to have the control for some reason that, you know, 
maybe like you said, some sort of self-esteem, like not loving himself enough. And so he needed to have control of this one thing or whatever was not trusting himself to fully go there with you. So he had to maintain a semblance of control in some way. And he didn't like you holding him accountable for the decisions he was making. Yeah, I agree. I think I just feel like with all of these like relationships that I have had that have gone this way, it's like all these, everybody's just including myself. Like we're all just in our own way. Hmm. We're all just in our own way. I mean, even before, right before the pandemic, I was dating a woman and she is a fantastic person. Also, we weren't friends before we met online, Um, but she's great. And we only went on three dates and she was like, this was before a pandemic. We even knew that the pandemic was happening. Um, But we went on three dates and like, she invited me to her housewarming party. And then like, I slowly found out that she lives with her sister so her sister would be there so that would be me meeting her sister which is like fine because they're roommates and that's normal but then also I would be meeting all of her friends and then I found out that her parents were going to be in town for it and so I was going to be like meeting the parents and like meeting the parents you know and like I but she didn't have that conversation with me she just like decided all of that and then when the pandemic like and then the pandemic that was supposed to the party was supposed to happen like the week week after the pandemic happened like once we were on lockdown so it got canceled and so we were still dating but I was weary and then she called me and was like basically it was or like texted me I think and basically it was like you're not paying enough attention to me which I was just like I work 60 hours a week sorry <laughs> like I'm not paying enough attention to me yeah, yeah. <laughs> like sorry <laughs> um and, and, and like, like, honestly, good on her for being open about what she needs and communicating to me about what she wants and what she wants in a relationship, because then it gave me the opportunity to be like, well, I can't provide that for you. Um, but yeah, I mean, she just wanted me to like, she, she, I was like, well, I'm seeing other people, which I'd always been open about, you know? And I was like, and I'm going to continue to see other people. And like, I probably wouldn't be your girlfriend for like a whole year, I think. <laughs> And she, she, that did not like, she was like, oh, I'm looking for something like way faster and more. And I, that's great. And like, that makes sense. But that's a problem that I have run into with dating women is like every woman I've tried to date. And I know this isn't how all women are. I know it's not because I'm not this way, but I like every woman that I have tried to date has like wanted me to be their girlfriend, like after the third date. And I just like, don't know how to I can't provide that for people Mm -hmm. I mean I think you know probably probably that's true for a lot of people they do seem to want to bestow that title upon you very quickly for all the reasons we talked about you're very appealing in many ways um and then you end up getting hurt if you actually allow it too soon my question thought is I totally get what your technique is and like wanting to get to know someone really, 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 really well for a year before you are willing to go there. But then I wonder, and I could be obviously totally wrong, um, but I wonder if that's almost like too much buildup and pressure and trying to 
not make a mistake and like trying to do it right and like trying to avoid these things that have happened to you in the past. And I just feel like, because not that you, as we talked about, you're not on like a super strict timeline of any kind. So it's not like that takes too long a year, but it is a lot of time to invest in one person before finding out how they are as your boyfriend or girlfriend. And you said yourself, you know, that's a very different thing. So how much is it helping you to get to know them as a friend for a year and not letting them be more than that until you've already put that much time and pressure in your mind on the situation? I just wonder if there's like a happy medium of like, you shouldn't do it after the third date, especially if you're not feeling comfortable. But also maybe you're trying a little too hard to really figure it out before jumping into it. And yes, it's going to hurt if you jump into it and it doesn't work out. There's no denying that. But it's also going to hurt if you don't jump into it and it doesn't work out. Like relationships ending hurts doesn't mean it wasn't a success, doesn't mean it wasn't worthwhile. It always hurts. It's always disappointing. You will always get hurt in some way, even when you're in a relationship. But like, I just wonder if you're doing yourself a little bit of a disservice by sticking to this way that you've always done it. Because at a certain point, when we've done things a certain way every single time, we've gotten the same result every single time, we have to change something we're doing. Yeah. Well, also, I would like, I'd love to touch on my like successful relationships that I'm in right now. But one of them is uh, the guy that I'm seeing because I'm poly, you know, and so there's like, I'm not really seeing anyone physically right now because our numbers are insane here. Um, You know, so that's not happening. But there are people that I have dated and that I dated before this person that I'm still kind of seeing. And one of them, he's incredible. He's so lovely. Um, He's also poly, like in his own, before we met, he was poly. and one of the things that he said to me, cause we're like very open with each other. And like, I've even called him like, cause we're not really seeing each other right now. Like, I don't know, it's kind of fuzzy, but um, I just think we haven't had the opportunity to be in the same room and want to make out in a while. So, um. yeah. <laughs> but I oh, called, God. I like was, <laughs> but I was talking to him and he was like, you know, Suze, I just feel like you kind of miss out on the fun. Like you, you're, you're making yourself miss out on the romance. You're making yourself miss out on the butterflies. You're, you're like forcing yourself to not have the like fire. That's like so exciting and fun. And you're like missing out on like the silly, exciting parts of relationships and like being a little too pragmatic about it. So I hear that. And I feel that. And like, I mean, I will say like, I'm seeing someone right now who he's poly also different person. um, And so he's seeing I think like three other people and then he has a roommate and they have a partner. So him and I are not seeing each other. Um, We just go on hikes with our masks on. We aren't seeing each other like physically right now because it's just like, I'm not going to ask him to pause those other things in his life. And my comfort level of seeing someone is like probably 10 days of not, of them not seeing anyone Mm -hmm. before they see me right now Mm -hmm. and getting a test. So like, I can't, I'm not going to ask that of anyone, you know, people are going to have to, like, they can ask me my boundary. And then if they offer to do it, great. But otherwise, then I'm just not seeing people. So, but because we're friends, and I trust him, and I know him, we go on hikes together wearing masks. And like, that relationship is so lovely. Like, he's so chill. He's so flexible. 
like I had to cancel on him because I got a bunch of work dropped into my lap on Wednesday and we were supposed to go on a hike and I couldn't. So now we're going to go on Sunday. And I didn't feel any time, like having to change it was nothing. Like he was just like, cool. Yeah. I support you. I understand. Cause he not like, he knows that he knows the level that I'm working because he knows me and talks to me about it. So this, these are all like the things I think where I get uncomfortable, like, like I've had people get mad at me in relationships when I have to like cancel or move stuff. And I'm just like, Oh baby girl, I am not in LA to date you. I am in LA to build my career and build that future for myself and my child. Like we talked about, like, that's the goal. But <laughs> like, see, I think, I, I think you're really good at doing that before you're officially dating someone. It sounds like you're really good at sticking up for your boundaries and yourself and what you're comfortable with and what you will and won't do. And then there is something that happens in your mind when you agree to be monogamous or give someone a title or you have a title where all of a sudden you, you're like, I'm in this now. And now therefore, it's like, it comes out of like your loyalty and your, you know, being such a warm and wonderful person that all of a sudden you want to be the ideal partner, which maybe in your mind means not asking for things anymore or like not sticking up for yourself as much or somehow being overtaken by the other person and letting them be in the driver's seat. And so I just wonder if like you didn't put so much time into getting to know them outside of a dating context. But if you were just like, okay, let's do it. I'm going to continue to be myself as if we were still friends. I'm still going to act that way emotionally. I'm going to ask for everything I would. And me getting the title of girlfriend or monogamous doesn't magically mean that now I don't have needs anymore because they will pop up back again later as we know. And then the person will be like, wait a minute, um, when you become human to them again. So I just wonder if there's a way to kind of like trick yourself into staying in that friend comfortable asking for what you need mode and being yourself and being just as much in the driver's seat as you always are while also taking the risk of okay I'm going to be vulnerable I'm going to be monogamous with you or I'm going to have that title with you and we'll see what happens rather than trying to like get it so perfect because at the end of the day obviously like no matter how much time we spend with a person we can't know everything about them we can't know how they're going to act in every single situation and the only way to find out is to kind of like jump in. And whereas with most people, I encourage them to move slower. <laughs> with you, I'm like, I think you're doing yourself a little bit of a disservice. And I think it's it's making you think that once you cross that line, once you make that decision, you've lost that part of yourself. You can't go back to it. You can't maintain who you are. And I wonder if it could be tricked by moving a little bit quicker. Yeah, I think that's good advice. I also think that for some reason I have found the people because I'm a driver seat person and I have found the people who are are only driver seat people and what I need is someone who wants to switch out mm -hmm. back and forth. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I've found and I think that there are people who are only the driver and they find people who don't even want to be in the car or only want to be the passenger and that's fine. I think that the person who I just dated, like he doesn't even want anyone in the car. Like he mm -hmm. just yeah, you know, he just yeah. wants to He's like, um, you can be in the car if you sit in the back seat, and we're not yeah. stopping to pee, and yeah. no. But I think that's that. another thing I kind of wanted to call out, just listening to your story and kind of knowing you, is I do think you have a very um, caretaker, driver's seat side of your personality, which is beautiful and great, and people are so lucky to experience it. 
But I think it then does lead a little bit to the situation you had with him where it just kind of became established. Like, it sounds like you would make the plans, you would do the reach out, you would communicate, you would, you kind of got into the role of doing everything. Oh, no, not even like opposite. He did all like I would just but that's the thing is like, I would just let like, I would be like, I'm gonna let him decide like I never was like, we should hang out. It was always I just like, was like, ah, he'll, you know, he'll hit me up when we're going to hang out. Yeah. I mean, I think what I'm saying is you got in the position of not asking for anything of like being the person, whether it's I made dinner plans or like, I want us to go on another kind of date. So I'm making the plans or whether it's, I'll just wait until you decide you want to see me. It's like being so agreeable Mm -hmm. that it doesn't really ask anything from them. And it's scary to ask something from them because they might not give it to you, but then you'll find out that much sooner that you need to move on. I also do know, and this is something that I really want to pay attention to when I'm experiencing it again. I was like fully not representing myself in that relationship of how I am Mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. I was, I fully did not feel like I could be myself in it. And it, which is really interesting because this person has always made me feel like I can completely. Totally. Yeah. Like I, I have like this person and I are good friends because I have felt like I can be myself around them. So then the minute that we started having sex and I felt like I couldn't be myself, it was like, and I mean, to his credit, he did call it out. Like he did say before he like went back and was like, I need to explore my feelings for my ex. He did say, like, this is the point in the relationship where I sabotage. And so then when he brought up his ex, I was like, you're sabotaging. Mm-hmm. Like, you're doing what you said, but you can keep making that choice. Like, it's, such okay. a, it's such a funny move that people do where they have figured out that one thing that they do. They know they do it. And they'll even tell you that they do it. But that doesn't mean they're not going to do it. And it doesn't mean that when you call out that they're doing it, that they're going to stop. They're like, yeah, I know. I told you I do that. And it's like, but... Didn't you want to change that behavior? And they're like, no, 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 no. I I took the step in therapy where I become aware I'm not moving beyond that. And that's a choice, you know, that's a choice. But I think also, just from what I'm hearing, it sounds a little like you could uh, break up with people sooner. Like, it just sounds like you're so... No, I 100% should. I 100% should end. And I knew that I should have ended things with him. I was like I should end things with him I should end things with him um and I'm glad that he did end things because I do and like you're gonna read me for this and and everyone listening is gonna be like ah but like I do have a hope that somewhere in our future we could possibly realign and be able to have the opportunity to like actually be ourselves in the relationship because I don't feel like he represented himself well in it either and also like fuck this time COVID this sucks this is like a really like we didn't get to like hang out with each other's friends we didn't get to see what each other were like out we didn't get to be running late for plans with one another and see how each other handles it we didn't have to look for parking together you know like there's just all these things that we like didn't get to experience because of covid um as a relationship that i think and i think also like i kill with friends i kill with friends friends love me and so like I always feel like my significant others always fall a little bit more in love with me when they see me. Yeah, but then you have the problem of you and your significant break 
up and then you want to be friends again and then the friends don't want it anymore oh I because you enmesh yourself too much with the friends because they love you but then they're probably hurt when you break up i usually get to keep the friends oh and they lose their friends that sucks no there's everybody keeps the friends but you said that they don't like it when you're going back and forth or when you guys decide to be friends still Oh, well, I mean, I think it just stresses out. Like, everyone's like, just pick, pick, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to ream you for hoping there's hope on the horizon. I think it's a very important um, coping mechanism that we all do after breakups where we're like, no, no, but someday we'll we'll get back together and everything will be. And maybe, like I said, I believe in getting back together when enough time and circumstances have changed and both people have really, really, really worked on themselves. But also, as you said, I think there's myriad wonderful people in the world for you. And he sounds like he has very far to go before he can give you what it is that you want and deserve. And And sorry. And he said that, like he said, he was like, Suze, when we go on our walk, when he was breaking up with me, he was like, when we go on our breakup walks, like, if if we were doing this and you were telling me about this guy, I would be like, you got to just leave him and yeah. move on. You got to get over it. And you can't like, so. You got to believe what he's telling you. I know. I love him. <laughs> I, know. I know he loves me. One thing I'll say you're really good at is all of your relationships, you still manage to like love and say nice things about the person. Like he's a really wonderful person, even though he cheated on me. He's a wonderful person. I'm just like, wow. I mean, I think that's like a higher level of consciousness and it's really great. And I often do say, you know, just because a guy ghosts you or isn't into you or whatever. Yes, we wish he would act better in this situation. Doesn't make him a bad person. Just means he wasn't good in this particular situation and he has some things to work on. Yeah, that's how I feel. I that's I'm never I've never been the one who's like I don't understand the like we're broken up and so he sucks like I just can't like I'm like well did you think he sucked slowly like I don't know like I just don't I don't have that um it's again it's a valuable coping mechanism we need to I often coach people through breakups saying focus on the negative focus on hating them it's healthy you'll come back to the positive feelings later you'll remember them but right now we need to focus on the hatred to get through it that's fine I felt a lot of anger at him and that's good um and I will say too with like my other other ex before I kind of had the same like oh well we'll get married someday and I even had because we him and I were like very close and our friend circle is like deeply overlapped um so that's like very different that's like when we started dating we were like we're gonna make this work even if we break up like we're gonna you know we're when we break up, like, we're going to be okay so that everybody can be okay. Because if we do, like, we can't fuck this up, you know? Um, So we had, you know, so that there's like an understanding there, but even with him, like I, and I had friends be like, you guys will end up together. Just give it time. Like it just, you just need to go do other things and then you'll get back together. Um, You'll, you guys are going to make babies together, blah, blah, blah. Um, All those things that women tell each other um, and that are not helpful most of the time. Um, (laughs) They're comforting in the moment. They're comforting in the moment. But even with him, like he did try to come back because, honey, they always try to come back. And he did try to come back. And I didn't. I was not. I it went. I. It was not the right time, at least. Maybe again, maybe still eventually. Maybe, but in that moment, at that time frame, it was not the right time. And I said no. And I was so 
proud. I'm proud. I was so proud. I could not, when I drove away, I was like, (laughs) (laughs) you did great. You did great. And I think the fact, again, like how we started this, you know, it's like, we all have our patterns. We all have our things. What matters is that each time we get a little bit better about it, we get a little bit quicker to recognize what's going on a little bit quicker to get out when we need to get out. And we can be like, okay, learn that again. And then at a certain point, you'll be like, I'm really don't need to make that happen anymore. Like I can do things differently. And also the right person will just inherently be different. But I think for you, like when all this craziness is over, well, I should never say that because we never know what's going to happen. But when things are, you know, more kind of active in the dating world, you've never had a problem meeting people. That's for sure. But that maybe you'll jump in a little quicker, which will also allow you to learn a little bit quicker whether this person can really, you know, partner with you as a human being instead of like saving it and saving it and saving it to have a slow, gradual disappointment of letting go of yourself. Yeah. Well, I also will say, too, I feel like I texted my best friend when the like when this most recent thing ended and I was like you know I really think that a big part of this is like I'm just not compatible with emotionally unavailable people anymore and like that just like when when someone is continuously emotionally unavailable to me it just like it proves itself over and over again that like I'm just not compatible like Mm -hmm. and so that was like a good beautiful thing to be like feeling I'm like okay cool yeah like I can't, I just can't, I'm such an emotionally available person Mm -hmm. to everyone in my life that like, I can't, uh, yeah. Yeah. I think we all get to a place too where we're like, okay, I did it enough times to know that I'm not going to do it again. And I think that does happen. I think everyone, it happens at a different time, could happen after one person, could happen after a hundred But the important thing is knowing that and then sticking to it. And next time you feel this happening, you saying, I've been here before and I'm not going to do it again. I also feel with that, that it's like, I'm not going to be ready and available and able to find like the person that is going to be so incredible. I know, and is out there for me. And again, not like a soulmate, but just like the person that I will choose to spend time with long term um I just don't know that I'm even like capable of being with that as long as I'm allowing myself to be treated the way that these people are treating like I have to let that go so that I can let that in. yes 100 percent 100 percent and I think it's it's if it's helpful to even not think of it as like not letting them treat you this way but not letting yourself let go of yourself that way. Like really saying on yourself that if you were friends with this person, you wouldn't tolerate this behavior. You would speak your mind. You would stand up for yourself and having sex with them or loving them or being monogamous with them or whatever does not change that. And I think rather than waiting for them to treat you right, just like counting on yourself to treat yourself right. I love that. Um, Can we talk about one more thing that I really wanted to discuss with you? Okay, I this is something that really bothers me about dating. I feel like and I experience it with all genders, but I feel it especially with cis men. I feel like they just like 
have this set expectation for their significant other and what they're physically going to look like and physically going to be like and they like uphold everyone to that and it just causes so many issues like even down to like I will swipe right on someone and they you know in my profile if there's like a photo that shows my armpits I have armpit hair and they will literally ask me if I have a bush like that will be the first question that they ask me and it will be either a positive or a negative like I hope that you'll I hope that you have a big bush or I hope that you're shaved or do you shave everything else or and they just like think that they get to have these like opinions about my physical body and they already have these preferences about my body when they haven't even met me and they already have set preferences and I, and as someone who removes their body hair as they feel when they feel like it and doesn't do one thing or the other all the time it's just like really bizarre to me because they'll you know like they think like when they're like oh I hope you have a big bush like I think in their mind they're like I'm being cool and I'm being pro women's body hair but I'm like no it's just the same as someone demanding that I shave it like it's all your like it is my body hair and I do understand that there's preferences and that like there's multiple members of this partnership um and I have been asked to shave my legs before and shave my legs for people which I think would shock people to hear that I have like agreed to shave when people have asked me but I do think that there's an importance there of like you know supporting your partner and their preferences and stuff but um but it's just wild to me Talia that people have these like (laughs) I mean, it's wild to me that people would be mentioning your vagina before meeting you. So I think those people are just doing you a huge favor of cutting themselves oh. out immediately. Like, I, I don't think it's a like, you know, I, I try to stay away from like, people are bad, men are terrible. Like, those are those people. They are not mature. They would show that one way or another, somehow or another. So by putting your body hair or whatever it is out there for them to see, they're going to very quickly filter themselves. And what a gift. Yeah, I agree with that. But it's like, it go- but it's even, you know, I mean, yeah, I would like to say out there to everyone listening, a swipe right does not mean a down to fuck. No. Like quit. Everyone needs to quit acting like that. They Well, and it doesn't act- mean unlimited access to information about the person or opinions about the person either. It just means... I'm agreeing to start talking to you in a normal, healthy conversation where we probably in a normal dating relationship wouldn't talk about my vagina until it was present in the room. (laughs) Until she was exposed to you. Until you are face to face. And even then, probably wait a little bit because I agree with you. I think, you know, in a partnership, you know, I prefer Matt's beard a little bit shorter. So when it gets long, I'm like, time for a haircut. And he obliges. Sometimes he gives me a and little. And it probably gives you like a rash. If yeah, not, I just, you know, the beginning of quarantine, I let him grow it as long as he pleased. And then we agreed together. He was ready. He he wanted to cut it. And then since then, I've just been, you know, on top of it. But um, yeah. so I agree. Like we, we do, we, there's no denying that physical attraction is part of the equation and that two people need to you know, respect and appreciate what the other person was attracted to is attracted to about them. But 
that does not in any way give you permission on a dating app or any time before you're exclusively dating someone to make comments or opinions about their appearance at all. And it's always a conversation. It's never an ultimatum on someone else's body. I mean, I'm sure I got a few of those about my red hair doesn't match the carpet or whatever people love to ask. And I would just be like, goodbye. See you later. Like, we're not having that conversation. You don't need to engage with those people. Don't give them the satisfaction. We're not going to teach them a lesson. We're not going to educate them. We're just going to unmatch. And that's the lesson. I love that. I need to do that. I always try to teach. I know you're a teacher. You're like, let me tell you about women's bias. Like, they're not going to hear you. Just unmatch. And eventually they'll figure out that that move is not working for them. Yeah, that's smart. I uh, Most of them I unmatch with automatically, but some of them I'm like, what are you getting at? Like, what, like, what, how, is this successful for you? I've literally been like, is this successful yeah, for you Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. I would love to know, you know, like, what did you think was going to come out of asking this question? Was Like, when you matched with me, were you really hoping not to match with me? And that's why you're asking this question now, just to, like, make sure that I unmatch you? I would probably be tempted to give some snarky responses. So, like, if that's how you get your aggression out, great. But if it, <laughs> if it's, like, if it's tiresome to you, then I would just move along yeah but Uh, I just want to say like you know I feel for everybody dating and in relationships and everyone in this current climate I think you're doing amazing I think you it sounds like now you are just surrounding yourself with people who support and love you and hopefully more people like your one person who can just say stop putting up with this like take care of yourself. You deserve someone wonderful. Um, Whatever wisdom he said that I can't remember now, but just, you know, treating yourself as you want to be treated and also maybe like pushing your bottom to jump into the pool a little bit faster because you just, you got to find out what the water's like. It's not going to be any different if you wait longer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, there, I'm excited. There was a guy who we met at Funky Soul. Dan, have you ever been to Funky Soul? If it ever happens again, um, we'll go. But we met at Funky Soul, and that night I could go and I could get laid at that night always for sure. Yeah. And so <laughs> this was one those. of this was one of those play, that was one of those nights, and we had a one night stand, and it was like some of the best sex I've ever had in my entire life, which I've had 15 years of sex. So like you know, uh, there's just a lot of comparison and but then it was like this was like right before COVID happened so it dissolved and nothing happened and then he found me on hinge this past week and he you know like reached out to me and so then I texted him and like I think it's on now and I'm so excited (laughs) (laughs) so for me will you move a little quicker with this one yeah, I think it'll be really casual, but yes. It's fine. Casual is great. I think my yeah. three-month rule is a great happy medium from immediately <laughs> to your one-year mark. So I just recommend, it's been scientifically proven because it's about the length of a season and it's when those good hormones start to wear off a little bit. So mm-hmm. I think maybe you should try it out and let me know how it goes. Okay, yeah, I'll let you know. I mean, I guess I'll just say the reason that I think a year is because then you see them go through all of a year in typical dating wisdom a year is when you get engaged because you've seen them go through everything Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
long did you? How long were you guys together? We were together. Let's see. We got engaged at two years. So like, that's okay. But we moved in yeah. at eight months. Okay. You know, and we were boyfriend girlfriend. I broke my own rule about two months, but that's because I think it's like three months or like twelve dates. Some people say it's like enough that you've put in the time you've invested you've seen them in enough different situations you're not going to know everything everything about them but it's enough time that it's not just sex chemicals and it's not just like love bombing let's do this and just jump to the next benchmark it's enough time it's enough investment but it's not like also let's drag this out and drag this out and drag this out so i have so much invested and then i don't know how to be myself when we actually do it right I think what scares me about the three month rule is I feel like the three month rule is what I'm already living, which is that they they love me so hard for a month and a half. And then the slow slope goes away for that last month and a half. And then like I'm in love at month three. Right. So that's why you want to get through the them being obsessed with you and you being obsessed with them. You want to get through it wearing off for both of you a little bit. And you want to get to the point of like them seeing that you're a human. You can't start being like, okay, now that I'm into you, I'm going to stop acting as human as I was before. You want to maintain, trick yourself into like, we're still just friends and I'm going to act as if we're friends and I'm going to speak up for what I need. And if I notice them pulling away, I'm going to say it because I'd rather find out sooner rather than later that they can't do this. Yeah. Okay. That's good advice. I can take that advice. <laughs> Have fun with the funky soul, man. I'm excited. You're excited. You look so excited. I'm, I haven't had sex with anyone since. You need to have sex. I need to have sex with someone else. Yes. I have to have sex yes. with Responsibly, someone. COVID responsibly. I know you will. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I, yeah. But. 10 days past. Yeah, just try that. something different. Try not to do the Susie method just a few times. Try something different. Okay. Challenge yourself. Do something scary. What else are we doing? Well, I also think that I need to set the like, no, we are not being monogamous until we are being. Yeah. Like, you stand stick hard to your rules. Those rules yeah. of like, yeah. I'll tell you when I'm ready, I'm setting the pace. Because also yeah. you will, because guys are so not used to that, they will push on that harder just like the last one did. When you say no, they want it more where they're like no 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 please I want to be monogamous and you just have to be like a no I said no and the first test of if we can be in a relationship is can you respect me when I say no that's a really good first test (laughs) (laughs) boundaries do you know Uh, what they are do you like them I love them yes so that's the first test when Susie says what she wants are you listening or do you just have your eye on the prize of Susie the idea of Susie rather than what real Susie wants I'm excited for you. Thanks. Me too. Thank you for reaching out. Thank you for sharing your story. I'm sure so many people will find it relatable. I hope so. I'm excited to hear where you're at. I'd love an update. And uh, I'd love to have you back also. Also, if anyone wants to date. Like, yes. Hit up Susie. Those DMs are there. How? What's your Instagram? Boss Witch. Boss Witch. B-O-S as in Sam. S as in Sam. W-I-T-C-H. Boss witch. Yes. Susie Dunn, yes. everybody. She's amazing. She has a symmetrical face <laughs> and armpit hair, which she may or may not remove given on the day. And uh, don't ask her about it. Great. Thanks. <laughs>
<laughs> the armpit hair stays. It's the leg hair and the yeah. Okay, that's hair. fine. But they're not allowed to ask until they've shown that they love Susie the person and they respect her boundaries. <laughs> and she loves Susie the person too. I do. Yeah. Thank I you. Do. This was such Thank a joy you. and a pleasure. Yes, you're so great. I learned so much when I listened to oh. this, so I was excited to be here. And well, and I think everyone will learn so much from you too, because so much of what you're doing is really, really great, and you're so good at listening to yourself. Thank you. Yeah, I I think that that's like if I could impart anything on people dating, like my advice. I think okay, my external advice is you have to love the bad stuff about the person hmm. because you're gonna love the good stuff about everybody. And so loving the bads, like when they're, you gotta love how gross they are <laughs> and you gotta love how dumb they are and you gotta love like the dumb shit. That and you gotta into. know that nobody doesn't have the bad stuff. Everybody has it. So including you. Exactly. Um, and then I think just like drink water and take care of yourself. Mm. <laughs> through, you know, Always a good thing to do. Yeah. I think especially right now. I mean, always that's a good thing to do, but especially right now, also, I think emotions are high, things mean more, interaction is rare, so really, really, really take care of yourself and give yourself what you need. Soft, soft yes. Be soft with yourself and soft with the other person. Mm, I like that, too. I got to be yeah. soft with Matt. I'm always reminding myself. Be soft with Matt. Be soft with Matt. Poor Matt. <laughs> he has to put up with me. I try to be soft. He's so lucky. Don't oh, start. thank you. <laughs> You're so lucky. <laughs> uh, okay, will you update us and come back and go frolic yes. in the land of love? I would love that. If I have like a big relationship uh, shift, I'll let you know. I would love to know. Or just a you shift, a relationship with yourself yeah. shift, trying yeah. things different shift. We love that. Yeah. Every yeah, experience sure. is worthwhile. I agree. Those are my favorite part about life is experiences. I agree. And we're good at having them. One day we'll be out there again, but we can have them even now. And you're a testament to that too. So that's great. Thank you. Love you. Have a wonderful evening. Thank you for talking to me. You were probably so exhausted. Enjoy your weekend. Thank you. Bye. Love you. you. Bye. Just the tip, a dating tip. If you are aware of your patterns, as our wonderful guest Susie was, Uh, ask yourself if you're still benefiting from those patterns. And if not, even if they really, really, really match up with all of your ideals and morals and ideas about dating and relationships, try and see if you're having some sort of a blind spot there. With Susie, she was really trying to keep herself safe and protect herself and was still going about things very, very cautiously in a way. But what she didn't see was that was then not actually protecting her, but giving her a false sense of security and that, oh, I really, really, really know this person. Now I'm totally invested in this person. And now when a relationship starts with this person, I completely lose myself because I think I did all the vetting and now I'm safe. And, you know, to be honest, we're never 100% safe because that's not what relationships are. That's not what life is. So, If you notice something that you're thinking is a way of protecting yourself or a pattern that you have that you really feel like in theory should work, but then you keep finding yourself in the same situation, it's time to ask yourself if maybe the scarier option is actually a safer option. At this point, you know, is it Susie's protecting herself is actually getting in the way of finding out what she needs to find out a lot sooner. And I always say like, 
breakups are just as important, if not more than finding a person. You have to be able to get to the breakup and do it when it needs to be done. So if it's something like I lose myself, it's scary to stand up for yourself. It's scary to ask for what you need because you might lose the person, but that is better than losing yourself. And it will allow you to find the right person where you can keep yourself that much sooner. So I would just say, you know, whether it's I have been sticking to the three month rule and it's not working for me, for me or whether it's I've been going for a year or anything at all that has been kind of I do this, I do this, I do this and I'm not changing it might be time to take a look at it and just see what happens if you flip that idea on its head and say to yourself, what could this rule I've kept for myself be revealing about me that I have kind of overlooked? What is my not weak spot because I don't think any of it is weak, but just something that could stand to be looked at a little bit differently or from another point of view. You know, if I did things completely the opposite of that, what would that be? I think that's kind of a fun way to look at things. It can charge up your dating life in a different way. And it might be the secret key to that problem you keep having. You know, Susie wants to find someone who can really be there for her. So she needs to step up and be herself that much sooner and allow herself that vulnerability and that risk that much sooner because as scary as it is, it's much scarier to lose yourself and not be able to get out of it. So take a good hard look, be honest with yourself and see what you can change. If you have questions, please send them to Not Your Therapist Podcast on Instagram, or you can email us, notyourtherapistpodcast at gmail.com. Also, if you'd like to come on the show anonymously or not. Also, if you'd like to do private coaching with me, that is an option. Thank you so much to Susie for coming on and telling her story. Her Instagram is Boss Witch. She's great and fun and fun to follow and super active, and I recommend it. Uh, thank you to Josiah Thorngate, my tireless editor. Thank you to Christine Bartolucci, Melissa Gruen, all of you for listening, rating, reviewing, and making dating fun.